0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hello, and welcome back to your extra dose of MotoGP during your week. Uh, this is the OMG MotoGP. Extra podcast, your quick hit of all the latest MotoGP news, and usually a look ahead to a weekend's action of racing, but it's a weekend off for MotoGP, but there is still lots to be discussed uh, with myself, Harry Benjamin, and as always, the former Grand Prix rider and British champion, Keith Hewin is right alongside me, and um, on our last, our main podcast this week, uh, we were remembering Mike Trimby with uh, Steve Parrish, of course, so do make sure you have a little listen back to that when you can, uh, but we were joined by Steve Parrish to, to look back as well at the racing action uh, and MotoGP as a whole in 2023, and and the big thing as we were recording on Monday, Keith was obviously the the Misano test that was happening, which was uh, a big day, especially for Mark Marquez and Honda and Fabio Quartararo and Yamaha.
0: Yeah, I would think with a with a mindful of sadness at the time. It, it's uh, I've just been looking pouring over some paperwork that, that came through last week, and I mean one of them is that the last meeting that um, Mike Trimby chaired. Uh, between Earth to the FIM and the the manufacturers and uh, that and part of it was that, that that they're allowed three wild cards instead of two wild cards at the Grand Prix now. But he chaired a meeting in the afternoon of the Friday that he died on. I mean that just goes to show you if you're gonna die, die with your boots on and Mike Trimby always wanted to do that. So kind of I, I, I get some solace in the fact that, that that he was at it right to the very end. And while we're on the subject of 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 mortality, I suppose. Paul Bird Motorsport, PBM, um, will continue um, in the hands of his son and daughter, uh, Jordan and Frank. Frank Jr., you know, uh, Harry, because he's a, a GT racer and quite some car racer in his own uh, life, as was Paul back in the day in, race, in uh, rally cars. So Jordan and, and Frank Jr. are going to continue the legacy of Paul Bird. Paul Bird Racing um, will continue in 2024. So two of our main men, Birdie and um, um, Mike Trimby, um, their legacy carries on which is a good thing
1: absolutely absolutely and uh there was some fact you shared some brilliant stories about um uh mike trimby in, in our uh episode this week and a lot of comments actually came in saying i had no idea uh, mike trimby did all this and, and was so implemental in in safety you know there's lots of articles and, and tributes that have come out in the week saying you know he was the man that made moto gp what it is today
0: yeah, well, that is one side of it. But the other side of it that, that nobody knows about, really, that's, that's very, very hidden, is the financial structures and all the bits and pieces that go on behind the scenes. I mean, you can imagine something of this enormity this, that takes that amount of management. Um, all of the little deals that are done behind the scenes and the the bank accounts and the, the you know, God knows where on the Cayman Islands, the Isle of Man, and God knows where else all these things are funded through and the light. Like. There's all that stuff that Mike used to manage as well. You know, the the money that would go to the likes of Jake Dixon to keep him going back in the day when Jeremy McWilliams needed funding from from a from a, a pot that that kind of Erta held onto on behalf of Dorna. There's all that stuff that somebody somewhere knows where the key to the safe is. But um that's how Mike didn't hide it too well.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so do do have a little uh, watch or listen back of that as well. It's well worth listening. I know we're biased, but um, it, it's a fascinating one. As well as uh, Keith's uh, BBC Bikes podcast with Mike Trimby, uh, a sit-down one-to-one uh, interview is fascinating. The link for that is in the YouTube video description as well. So have a little click on that, and it should take you to uh, where you're able to listen to that too. Um,
0: back to the test.
1: Yes. so Monday's test. Um, very big day.
0: It was a very big day. Obviously, you know, Mike passed away on the Friday. Monday after the the, the Grand Prix, we have the test. Um, I have to say that, that Luca Marini was quickest in the end. He was, what, just uh, two tenths off of off the fastest lap, which was a new outright circuit record um, set by Jorge um, Martin uh, the previous week. So, uh, you know, some of them were going quite quick. And, and the top guys were within a second. Fifteen riders were within a second of each other. Um, over the test. But of course the standout is Mark Marquez and, and Yamaha. We uh, you know Honda for Mark Marquez, Quotararo for Yamaha not getting what they want by the look of it. And the effect of that is is that Mark still he's been, you know, he's lit a fire under everybody at the moment. I mean he's quoting that, you know, he hasn't made his mind up. It, it looks like he's got three plans now. We thought he'd got two, so Grossini and Honda must be one of them. The other one, yeah only he yeah. must know what that is. Maybe it's retirement. Who knows? Um the the, the point being is is that Honda isn't it's different, but it's still not got the grip that he wanted at the rear end. It's still not where he wants it to be. Um so I moved to Grassini, which had a lot of pace at the beginning of last week's race week, but sort of it fizzled out towards the end of the week. Uh, we were expecting some kind of um announcement perhaps during the course of the week. It fizzled out a little bit. Maybe that's back on again now. And the problem with that is is that you know, Honda have all got the you know, got a right old dilemma on their hands and Zarco's Zarko's in, in LCR with Lucio Cecinello racing, or maybe Zarco have moved to Repsol. That leaves a gap at LCR. Does that does that mean your mate Ike Laquona will be coming back from World Superbikes, back to MotoGP? I have to say, if there is karma and there is a, a, a MotoGP god, that is probably a deserved move for Eko because he got dumped out of MotoGP a little bit early, really, for someone that was just getting his feet under the table there. So uh, maybe maybe there is a little bit of karma here somewhere. If Mark moves to Grissini, Um it's... Something's going to happen. So... Do you know, the Mark Marcus thing, we said, I said earlier on in in our run of new podcasts for the new OMG series, has um, Mark lost his magic um, a little bit? And seeing him with his new girlfriend, you know, Gemma Pinto at, at the Madrid Fashion Week and so on and so forth, it's almost like the 30-year-old man has moved on. He's matured into this, you know, almost a normal fellow at the moment. You know, girlfriend, attending Fashion Week, you know, I know everyone's entitled to do that, but you wouldn't have seen that. He'd have been out blasting around a motocross track or or doing this or doing that, you know, racing with his friends off-road or or something similar. I'm sure he's still doing that, but it just seems to me like he's taken a more mature dimension now with more Marquez. So has he lost his magic? You know, even if he does move across, will he be as great as he was or is it a, is it a Freddie Spencer situation where we saw an absolute, the first of the aliens, in my view, um, Freddie Spencer dropped off the edge of the performance cliff, really, really quickly. He had a couple of crashes that sort of wounded him quite badly, and uh, and that was him pretty much done for career-wise. And he went from being stunningly unequaled, like Mar Marquez was, um, to pretty much nowhere, apart from race direction. Now, of course, where he just gets slammed by everybody. Um, and and I'm I still wonder. There's a question mark for me over over 30-year-old Mar Marquez, you know, has he reached that zenith? But Is that the, it?
1: So do you think he, he obviously has some outside interests that are growing, particularly. And so do you think that because he's got these almost distractions, that that's an indicator that maybe he is thinking about it, or maybe maybe Plan C is retirement. Because I, when you said that, I, the immediate thing that springs to my head, of course, is Formula One, and I look at somebody like Lewis Hamilton, and that argument has been put to him time and time again because he has this massive off-track persona. He's massively into fashion and music and DJing. He's often out with pop stars and, and celebs out in LA. And everyone thinks, or at the time, and this was a few years ago. Now oh, this is a massive distraction. There was a time when he was first starting out, and he was seeing uh, the the pop singer Nicole Schertzinger and 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 then they broke up, and there was this big, you know, classic tabloid debate. But despite all of that, he's still gone on to huge success. He's just signed on for another two years at Mercedes. Yeah, they're not. He's not winning at the moment, but he he's not plum last. So that's that's where you, I go. You, well, maybe it's not quite. Your DNA is
0: your DNA at the end of the day. And Lewis Hamilton, you yeah, know, that shirt singer thing, um, I interviewed him at the Festival of Speed. Um, we had him on live on Sky Television at the time, I remember. And he came into our, our little studio by the side of the track in the worst mood possible. He was texting all the time and he was frowning face and then he kept looking at me and he said, how many how many seconds? You know, he was counting the seconds to when we came on air. No, this is going to be the most tense bloody interview I've done for a week. Um but, of course, as soon as the cameras came on, he was all smiles and click and off he went and and he was the brilliant Lewis Hamilton that we know he is. He seems to encompass that whole... This is where Lewis is so, so incredibly clever. Um, and he encompasses all of that fashion, music, that genre, the whole thing. He is a, a, a you know, an iconic worldwide superstar. Um, Mark Marcus is nowhere near at that point. Um, but, I don't know... Maybe Mark will mature into that style. Uh, maybe that is the way that maybe the Lewis Hamilton, uh, you know, memo is, 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 is arrived at Mark uh, Marcus's camp. But maybe that's his way of, of now dealing with all the stress and strain of the Honda not working right. The injuries he's got, yeah, you know, the next world championship, maybe that's the case, Harry. And th- it's going to be a very, very interesting 2024 to see where and how Mark Marquez ends up. We can speculate as long as we like, he knows what he's doing. Um, the the paddock will be a poorer place. The truck racetrack will be a poorer place without Mark Marquez on it. That's a fact.
1: Uh, absolutely. Well, uh, Mark Marquez, as we said, is is a bit of a cork in the bottle, really, in terms of rider moves, not just within MotoGP, but as you say, within World Superbikes as well. Um, but the other important day it was for testing uh, was Fabio Quattararo and Yamaha. Um, he got all the new bits. Morbidelli didn't really get anything because he's well leaving the team, so no shock there. Um, what did we learn from that situation?
0: Well, not a lot, and I mean, I didn't expect to learn a lot. I mean, I think the thing is, expecting a one-day test to cure all—if they could, if everyone could do that—we'd be, you know, three hundred mile an hour laps or something by now. But it's—it's kind of—it's what that what's an indication of the direction is what counts is to try and get everybody back on track and focused down the new way. You know, there was an interesting quote again from Mark Marcus that, that, that that came. He had a new guy, new, new tech that was from japan that was there and they never introduced him to him. you go what you got i would want to know every bugger that was in my garage i would want to know him personally i would want to know what their role was what they were doing particularly when when we are where we are maybe they're being protective over whatever they're doing as well because they don't want him to take something with them who knows with him to uh, maybe maybe another manufacturer yeah it's very very tense at the moment but a one-day test doesn't cure the kind of problems that Yamaha and Honda have got, what it does is it sets them in the direction and hopefully gets the riders back on track and the riders go, do you know what? That felt a little bit better. I think we're heading in the right direction. We're feeling like we're going in the right direction. now. Hmm. Um, but I didn't get the impression from either rider from what was said afterwards um, that they were, you know, overly happy with the way that either Yamaha or Honda had gone. So it's a case of watch this space. I mean, Quadraro's locked in. He's stuck where he is. He's just going to have to work hard. Um, yeah. You know, whereas Mark Marcus has options.
1: Absolutely. Uh, three options at the very least. Um, at that least. That's what he tells us. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Maybe one the one of he... fourth one's get married and buy an island somewhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I wish that was an option for me. Um, <laughs> one of the interesting quotes that has come out over the last week that I found really interesting, at least. And this is uh, Jorge Martin. Um, obviously, off the back of a great weekend, uh, Pendulum swung his way a little bit, thanks to uh, the, the injury sustained by Peko Bagnaia. but Bagnaia is still very much in that race, but Martin had the advantage. He said, um, I don't have responsibility to win the title. I'm not a factory rider. Now, to me, that's a bit like, hello, Ducati, you made a mistake with old Bastianini last year, didn't you? Because look at me now.
0: I think that you know, he's growing in stature, and I think he's making sure that everyone knows that he ain't going to stand for any kind of uh, under recognition from now on in. And I don't blame him You know, it's it's just everyone's jockeying for position. It's a hard week coming off of Catalonia to Mizano the death of Mike Trimby, and all the other things that go on at this time of the year. We've got the Indian Round coming up. You know. It's not the Indian round; is it's the barat um, Grand Prix. There's there's some contention at the moment in India over being called the old colonial name for that region as India. India was a colonial British uh, way of naming the region, whereas Barat is is a, is a, a traditional um, way of recognising the country. And I think the the government and the like are moving towards that. So it's the Barat Grand Prix, not the Indian Grand Prix. And the Indian Grand Prix is in little letters above it. Um, I noted from all of the bits and pieces. So, and and and. This Grand Prix is is a real bone of contention for the riders and the teams because they're they're basically, all of them are in absolute panic mode over what they're going to get, what they're going to eat, how the thing's going to go, whether the track is even going to be homologated. Homologating the the track when they get there. I've never ever heard in my life anything like that. So everything will be there. If it doesn't pass the homologation test, we don't have a Grand Prix. And at the moment, from, from all the things I've seen, there's a bloody great big jump, like a motocross track at the end of the straight where the cars are leaving the ground. So God knows what, 300-horsepower motorbike is going to be like. It's going to land on the moon. Um, so at the moment, the Barack Grand Prix has not got homologation. It might not happen. Everyone's going to get sick from, you know, deli Belly. Pardon me if that's no longer politically correct to call it that, but there you go. Um, you know, everybody's worried about getting sick, and they might even not race. You know, personal chefs have been shifted out there, and God knows what to try and keep everybody away from from the local suit. Yeah, my experience of... of Wherever you go in in Asia, generally Southeast Asia or whatever it might be, you know, you do stand a chance. I mean, I've been going there for 40 odd years and, you know, just about every year you get you get it. That's what it's just after the course. And once it once one dose has gone through, you you know, you're pretty much immune for a little while after that. So um, you take it as it comes, but you certainly wouldn't want it. Um, prior to racing a motorbike I can tell you that because that's enough to give you the shits without actually eating something <laughs> bad as well
1: <laughs> oh, I, well I'm, I'm gutted because uh, you'll dive into all things India next week, next week but I'm not going to be here next week I'm going to be missing the podcast because I'm on the other side of the world in Japan for something called Formula 1 don't know what that is, um, so I'm going to miss all of your your expert <laughs> insights just like that, uh, which is a shame. But you'll have Amy Reynolds here, who many of you will know from from the telly. So it's, so she'll also be. here. I, I saw Amy. Amy. Amy,
0: Amy I, Amy's been doing some homework because I saw her on the Frenay's um, WhatsApp press line. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, Amy's been there trying to work out this year's uh, 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 nightmare MotoGP bloody online effort it's been oh. pathetic it's been so difficult to get the stuff offline they changed their website again this year for some reason or another and no one could get anything off of it so and amy's obviously just clocked on for the first time because of this podcast i would think and suddenly she's finding it really hard to get the stuff off which i i found quite amusing um just a, a quickie if i might david alonso and joel esteban have uh, have done a deal with uh aspar gas gas again for next year so the man that's winning everything at the moment um, the seventeen year old rookie this year, just three races on the bounce, uh winning. Um, he's re-signed. So they're they're back in again for twenty twenty four. And uh Joel Esteban, the Barcelonian eighteen year old, um, stays with him as well. Um so that has just been announced, I think, today. We're recording on the Thursday, so uh, Anything else that I've picked up on this week? Well, I
1: suppose uh, KTM, Rebel KTM, Imoto 2 confirmed Dennis Onchu and Vietti uh, to be part of their team next year, which of course, you know, Acosta is going to be Emoto GP. We just don't know where yet.
0: No. I mean, I I think that that's – I I think at the minute there's – you can imagine the massive scrabble there is at the moment. The International Road Racing Teams Association, the ERTA, now, which Mike Trimby was CEO of, well, you're fed up with hearing about Mike, but then again, he got his hands on so many so many critical parts of MotoGP. Um, you just wonder who on earth is going to be able to do the three jobs that Mike used to do? And there is going to be a scramble. There is going to be a bit of a political manoeuvre. Uh, the FIM, sadly, who Mike, I think I can say it, Mike bloody hated them because they were, they were like jobs for the boys and all the suits and all the rest of it. The FIM are uh, licensed stampers and but they're all trying to make a bit of a comeback under Oye has the, the guy who's, uh, who heads them now. You know, you can always see, you always know which one's Oye because he's always the one in picture. You know, he's always shaking the hands, he's kissing the children and, and cuddling the cats. Um, yeah. So the FIM are making a bit of a move. Now, it'd be interesting to see politically where that goes. There isn't anybody in Urta, with respect to everybody in Urta, that has the gravitas and the overall um, respect that Mike Trimby had. Um, so there are going to be, you know, we talked about um, Hervé Poncharal, the guy who obviously owns Tech3, the, the, the uh, uh, gas gas bloody the KTM side of things now. Um, conflict of interest, you must say, he probably has. Um, he, he's a figurehead as president of the uh, International Race Teams Association, but Mike was CEO and basically ran it. Um, Hervé will still be a top man, good guy to speak to. Um, but I don't know quite yet who is going to be running all the nuts and bolts. I alluded to it a little earlier on. It's not just a case of all the things that go on from a, a rule, from a team, from a rider perspective. There's all the little back channels of things that, that we do not know about. Even being so friendly with Mike for so many years, never asked him how the money is managed, where it goes, how it where it comes from, who looks after it. You know, what is the the big funding of of all of these things? What are the proportions? Where the All that is there somewhere. I mean, it's all accountable and they will have. Yeah, I'm not saying there's any clandestine going on here, but there are all those, shall we say, not hidden, but but not exactly publicly exposed um, items have all got to be worked through. Somebody's got to be in charge of them. Um, It's going to be very interesting to see how this all shapes up in the end.
1: Mm, lots of things to shake out before the end of the year isn't that a uh, good thing we'll be here for all of it and to see where it all shakes out um right that just about brings us to the end uh coming up to 20 minutes so that just about brings to an end our 15 minute extra hit so i'm, I'm gonna uh, we had some hate for that in the comments like, why do you call it 15 minutes it's never 15 minutes well it's it's a rough guideline all right leave me alone well just uh, think of it
0: just think of it if you went to a restaurant and you ordered three dishes and they brought you four exactly and didn't, and didn't charge you
1: for it yeah, you're welcome. Uh, on that note, we'll end it there then, shall we? Uh, Amy and Keith uh, and the team will be back uh, next week with a special guest as well. So do look out for that. As always, get your questions in, comments, queries through the OMG MotoGP socials and the email address is omgmotogp at gmail.com.
0: And I will say that our guest next week is uh, all Hollywood. We're going Jenny Timoth. Jenny Timoth, you will have heard of. Great British superbike rider. Great 125 um, GP class rider in this, in the UK as well. But also with a massive, massive uh, phone book full of um, famous names and famous numbers who she worked with on the Mission Impossible franchise with um, Tom Cruise. Oh, we've got to get Tom so-
1: Cruise on then. That's the aim. That's the aim.
0: Tell you what, good on a motorbike, does most of his own stunts. But you hear all of that from Jenny Timmerth next Monday.
1: So make sure you tune in for that. Um, okay, that just about does it. And then, of course, it's built up to the uh, the Grand Prix that weekend in India. Um Leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. As always, really appreciate them on YouTube and uh, Apple, Spotify, all that jazz. Uh, And we'll see you all next week. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.